What's going on, ATL peeps? Welcome to episode 57 of Around the League. Man, it's been a while, but here we are previewing the 2022-2023 NBA regular season. Tuan and I had a blast recording this episode. We talk about the teams that interest us the most, the teams that confuse us the most, and then we give some award predictions, and we just talk about how strange this season's going to be with the Victor Wembenyama sweepstakes just looming over all the teams that are in a position to tank or could be in a position to tank if they just get rid of, you know, some of their assets. Because that's what's going to happen. And, you know, midway through the season, some teams are just going to be like, F it. We're just going for this guy because he's a generational talent. We haven't seen a prospect like that, like this since LeBron James. So it's just going to add a, an interesting element to the season. But yeah, we had a blast recording this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Take care. Welcome to episode 57 of Around the League. It's been a minute since we last recorded an episode, but here, here we are back like we never left to preview the 2022-2023 NBA regular season. It's been an interesting offseason. Kevin Durant woke up one morning and requested a trade. It shook up the entire NBA landscape for a couple of months, especially if you're a Raptors fan. Everyone dreamt about the possibility of KD on their team, only to find out a couple months later he was just kidding and he's still a net. Donovan Mitchell is now a Cavalier. And just when you thought the dust had settled, Draymond Green clocked Jordan Poole in practice amid extension uh, talks with their teams. So it looks like the Warriors are going to be going into the regular season with a microscope under their team, a la Draymond Green once again. we got so much to talk about in this episode. Twan and I are going to break down the teams that interest us the most, the teams that confuse us the most, and then we're going to go through some Vegas over-under predictions and then give some award predictions as well. we got a lot to talk about, but before we dive in, Let's check out with check out check in with our homie Tuan. What's going on, my man? What's up, brother? Great intro, by the way. That was a really great, great way to start the season. Um, you know, happy to be back in uh, LA. You know, we were uh, chilling in Europe, Amsterdam for for a few days, a few weeks back. So I'm just happy to be home in LA, getting ready for the NBA season. Uh, found out I'm gonna be able to go to the. Uh, the Lakers home opener against the Clippers on Thursday. So excited about that. Going to give you guys some details once uh, once that game's over, but I've been good, man. I've been good. How are you doing, brother? Can't complain. You know, I was going to, I started a little bit on that intro. I was going to be like, Twan, let's just run it back. But hey, it's been a while. You know, you got to shake off the rust. I'm excited to be recording these podcasts again. Things are good. I'm excited for some basketball. Um, and I would say, you know, it's been a while since we last, spoke but we were together like a couple of weeks ago in Amsterdam so you know that was such a blast shout out to Stefan what a fun bachelor party and then you kept it going why don't you talk about uh your your week after the epic week yeah well we had we had that epic week in Amsterdam for what four or five days with, with the boys and then yeah I extended my trip obviously being um out out that way it was going to be like a 15-hour flight with some like stops um getting there so I'm like you know I might as well try to extend my trip so I did spend um a few days in uh in the UK in London Hackney specifically with my cousins 
Um, that, that was definitely a more chill time, especially after how, how hectic the first four days in Amsterdam were. So that was a very just, you know, relaxing, catching up with my, my cousins and family. Um, and, and then, you know, I spent um, some time in Barcelona with Stefan and uh, Talar, and that was, that was an amazing time. Honestly, Barcelona was fantastic. I know you wanted to go to Barcelona and do a little trip, bro. Like, you should to totally do that I whenever you get a chance. I, I, I had the flight booked. Yeah, I know. I had so everything I'm planned out. And unfortunately, that, that bachelor party in Austin uh, derailed those plans. But yeah, talk about Barcelona a little bit. How was that? Yeah, it, it was just um, so like, it, it uh, started off on the wrong foot. Like, I was supposed to um, fly into Barcelona from, from London, but our flight got diverted. Uh, because of like conditions on the on the airport strip so we actually landed in Zarazoga airport which is like three hours away it's like the small airport um, west of Barcelona and instead of like flying us back to the Barcelona airport they told us to get on a Greyhound and uh, we had to take a three-hour bus back to Barcelona so I was supposed to go to the FC Barcelona basketball game that night against Olympiacos, Stefan had like graciously gotten, uh, got us tickets to that game and I missed that game. So that was a, like a bad start to, to that trip, which was that Friday. But honestly, um, Steph and Talar were such like great hosts and they took me everywhere. They took me to, like, I didn't really have a plan or itinerary that I wanted. So they just took me to all like the, the really nice attractions. They took me out to like the food market and the weekend market and we just ate like things drank a lot of kava and um you know that, that, that was a it was, it was so fun in Barcelona it was like so nice it was beautiful weather um and yeah man honestly I've been to a few cities in Europe now and I I, I might I might have to say that Barcelona is my favorite so far wow you know that just that's just twisting the knife because you know <laughs> I, I saw the flight credit from that trip it was pretty rad I mean for to be honest it was for a good reason, like I had a bachelor party to attend. I had to cancel the flight. It is what it is. Uh, I made the right decision, but uh, yeah. 2023 for sure. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. Once, once they get their place like furnished and everything, I know I, I went. I went and visited their new place. I was empty because they're still in, in their temple and they're waiting for some furniture. But that place is nice. Their new place is really nice, in in a really nice area of Barcelona and. Um, yeah, I can't wait to go visit. So we should we should figure something out together sometime in 2023. Absolutely. Um, I would love to do a few days back in Barcelona and just yeah. We yeah, we had such a good time. So I, I can't wait for for you to visit and whoever else can visit uh staff. That's gonna be such a good time. Well, bro, March 2023, you still have to let me know if the Raptors home and home in LA works out. You know I'm there. Yeah, I know. I'm still I'm honestly I have to wait probably close like a few months closer to that date because just like you know coincidentally that, that week is when we have our like big big like company meeting in uh in germany so i would just have to wait to figure out if i'm going to that uh if i'm not honestly i'm so i'm happy with it because yeah we would be able to go to the raptors game for show uh clippers lakers raptors um that would be amazing so i would definitely have to just give you a heads up closer to that date, but I'm still waiting on that. But yeah, it's just shitty that it coincides with kind of the biggest um, meeting where I would probably have to travel um, away from LA. So Thursday, you're going to the Lakers Clippers home opener. 
is that just through work? Like you got the, no one wanted to go to that game? No, everyone, everybody wanted to go to that game. Uh, we have like, it's not like a lottery system. It's more of like you sign up and you prioritize which games you want to go to. Um, and I obviously prioritize that game because I'm like, man, that's going to be an amazing like home opener. Haven't seen Kawhi play in a while, PG play in a while, AD play in a while. So um, I just, I got luckily chosen, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure kind of how that system works. I just kind of prioritize it as a game I wanted to go to. And yeah, they, they told me like, uh the other day that i was gonna go to to the game so yeah man that's gonna be a wild game that's gonna be a really fun game and it's a lakers home opener so i think it's gonna be a, a little different than if it was like a clippers home opener at home um so yeah man i'm excited i'm really excited to just kind of be back at the staples center and be able to go to some of those games um for the rest of the year yeah, man. Well, hey, why don't we why don't we dig in? I th- like I just want to kind of preface this podcast with a couple things. Like, I'm really excited with the level of health going into the 2022-2023 NBA season. You know, I feel like as of now, we're going into the season with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, a healthy Paul George, a healthy Ben Simmons, healthy Jamal Murray, or you know, almost healthy Jamal Murray, healthy Zion Williamson. You know, it's the first time in a really long time that I can remember that like teams are fully loaded for the most part and it's going to make for a really interesting regular season but I feel like something that we need to talk about before we dive in is just sort of this thing that's looming around the league and I think that for the first time in a really long time there's going to be a, a magnifying glass sort of over the shitty teams because the tankathon is going to be the most ex- one of the most exciting parts about this regular season. Everything because of Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, but especially Victor Wembanyama, like there's going to be over 10 teams at the trade deadline that are going to have to make a critical decision of is it worth keeping their best players or is it time to just do the yard sale because to be honest, other than Giannis, other than Luka, other than Steph Curry, no NBA player is safe going into this season. You know, I think every franchise is is ready to whisk, risk it all for the man that they can't even name, the alien, Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> yeah, that um, that's going to be a very like interesting facet of the season for sure, because there are a few teams that are just kind of like in that treadmill area like the Hornets, the Wizards, um, even like the Pacers, teams that have good players, but obviously aren't going to compete um, in a stacked top-heavy East and Western Conference. Um, I, I think like this year, for sure, I've never seen so much talent on each team. Like there's going to be really good teams that might not even make the playoffs or are going to be, you know, battling it up, battling it out in the, the play-in game. So um, I, I think, yeah, there's going to be a lot of top heavy, good teams, but also going to be a lot of shitty, shitty teams that are looking to tank like right off the bat. Right. Exactly. So I think, I think that dynamic is going to be interesting because that adds a lot of interesting, um, aspects to, uh, you know, the trade deadline teams yeah. that, you know, are going to be looking to tank even further. And some of these top teams that might look to add, you know, a second star or even uh, a main star to their team. Um, so yeah, definitely interesting. And having that, you know, that prospect that 
been hyped up as much as LeBron has, you know, back in 20, what, 20, uh, 2003, 2002. Um, so yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. That's going to be a huge dynamic to the, to the season. And I'm, I'm super interested and going to keep track of how that goes throughout the year. Well, the other thing too, is, you know, for, for you and for our listeners, you know, this is going to be a topic that we're going to be talking about throughout the podcast, because when we mention teams, uh, we're going to mention him. So, uh, you know, let's just move on, but we will definitely be revisiting this conversation when we explore uh, a handful of teams. So I uh, wanted to start off by just talking about most interesting teams, you know, and we'll just go back and forth with this one. I have three for me personally. Um, I'm not sure about you. So I'll, I'll start us off with this, you know, going into this regular season, I think a team that I'm really excited about and a team that I put money into pretty early as a future bet for a team that could potentially win the Western Conference. I know it sounds crazy, but the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, that's probably the team other than the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors that I'm probably most excited to watch throughout the regular season because, you know, they've done such a good job low key with their team over the last three years. And I think that, you know, coming off a 36 win season, I think they have a solid chance to be a 50 win, 50 plus win uh, team. And, you know, in 2020, Zion Williamson averaged 28 and seven. And from what I'm reading, from what I'm seeing, you know, it sounds like he's in good shape and he's going to sort of pick up where he left off. But what I'm most excited about is the quality of their bench. You know, their starting five is going to consist of most likely Ingram, McCollum, Herb Jones, Zion and Jonas. It's a solid starting five. But when you look at who they got coming off the, bre- the bench, they got Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels. They got Najee Marshall, Larry Nance. You know, it's a quality experience, for the most part, pretty experienced bench. Um, so when you look at the landscape of like the Clippers, you, you know, they're going to be classic Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, what do you call it? Minute restrictions, load management, right? When you look at the Denver Nuggets, two of their wings are coming off ACLs they're probably going to be pretty mindful about minutes as well. I think that New Orleans is just going to be that franchise that has nothing to really lose and kind of needs it for the fan base. You know, I I think they're just going to hit the ground running. They're going to win a ton of regular season games. I'm not going to say they're going to win the finals, but um, I think from a regular season perspective, New Orleans is going to win a lot of games this year. I definitely think they have one of the best starting five. Um rosters in the league like you said they're they're adding zion to a team that played extremely well um down the stretch of last season um i know they started off horrendously last year with with really willie green in his rookie season as a head coach i forget what their record was but it was like three like 15 or something i think it was a like a terrible mark and uh for them to be able to kind of rally back without zion having played a game all year um that you know that deadline trade to get CJ McCollum onto the team was massive, massive for this team, especially giving them that like veteran presence, a guy that's played in the playoffs, been to the Western conference finals. And he adds just that like great dynamic alongside Brandon Ingram. Um, as you know, guys, I can shoot the ball because when you add Zion as the main piece to that, to that roster, it's just, you know, it's just such a dynamic team. And I even having JV in the post, him be able to like stretch the floor a little bit now, you know, he, he's that guy that's going to run towards 
the rim either has a great floater. He's got to be a great rebounder. Um, he's been a bit better defender. So having that team and then even Herb Jones, you know, that, that kind of surprise rookie last year, um, who's made a name for himself on the defensive end. I think this team will be great defensively. Um, and they're going to be really good offensively. So we'll see how they, you know, they, the younger guys, I feel like some of the young guys on the bench, like Alvarado, Jackson Daniels, even like Trey Murphy is a really good shooter, but you know, these guys are first, second year players. So it'd be interesting to see. I know they have Devontae Graham again, a guy that, you know, made a name for himself when he played with the Hornets and Larry Nance, who's kind of bounced around with the Lakers, the Cavs um Portland last year but he's a super super versatile big guy that can you know play off the ball be dynamic and you know explosive uh so I really like the roster I agree with you that they're going to be a a great team I'm not sure if they're going to be the number one seed obviously you got really good odds being in that future bet but they're definitely a team that I could see being in the top six especially with how stacked the west is um, and really depending on how Zion plays, his fit level, his, you know, his health, really this team just hinges on how he performs because they have, you know, the building blocks, the supporting cast, they have some veterans, they have some really young guys. And it depends if Zion is able to stay healthy, be on the floor and kind of just be that, you know, that truck that he is just that unorthodox playing style and, yeah, just this team's good, man. I really like this team, and uh, they were like he, one of my. Sounds like they were one of yours. Yeah, they were. They they're, they were um, the second team on my most interesting teams list. All right. Well, who's number one? Number one. Well, I, I, obviously the Raptors. You know, I had you were my to, number two. Yeah, you, I had I had probably get number one first, but you know, I thought you know no way no better way to start our season than talk about the Raptors. So yeah, I had the Raptors, you know, a team that definitely, I think overachieved um, in terms of their expectations last year. Um, and now being able to add, you know, NBA champion, Otto Porter Jr., a guy that started for Golden State in the finals, uh, being able to get Christian Coloco, who's, you know, this tall, lengthy rookie out of Arizona. He's gonna be able to, you know, provide a little depth at that center position. Um, and then adding that just to kind of the growth of Scotty Barnes, you know, second year rookie of the year, uh, a guy that um, showed his versatility playing defense, guarding the point guard, but also running the offense, bringing the ball up, um, rebounding and just running the floor. Um, and then seeing kind of Siakam and Fred Van Vliet coming into their prime now, you know, Siakam, all NBA third team last year, you know, he struggled in the bubble but had a you know great end to last year, especially coming off that shoulder injury. And then Freddie, you know, coming off an all-star season last year. I think these guys are primed to, to play their best basketball um, of their career. And then having, again, a guy like Scotty Barnes kind of accelerating that, that process as well. And then I think the Raptors are also one of the few teams in the NBA that have all their future draft capital. And they have a lot of team-friendly deals um, with like OG, I think he signed what four years, sixty-four million dollars. And when you look at the landscape now with Jordan Poole getting four years, one hundred and forty million dollars, like what the like what like how it like they they have really good contracts on their team right now. Even Gary Trent, same thing. I think it's like four years, sixty mil. So I think 
there's a lot of room for like a massive midseason trade with this team. And so that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying they're an interesting team because one, they have a lot of six, eight forwards that can, you know, play on the ball, bring up the ball. And they have a lot of flexibility with what they can do um, before or during the uh, trade deadline, especially with like what we're talking about with this tankathon with teams that could potentially just fold out tank as hard as we've ever seen. So Washington, you know, are they looking to trade Bradley Beal after signing him to that massive contract this season or this postseason or this offseason? What about Damon Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers? They're going to, you know, be struggling to find any momentum to get into the play-in game or even like the Chicago Bulls with how top-heavy the, the East is. Can we get Levine from them? So, you know, with the Raptors having some pr- solid, solid talent on good contracts, and having all of their picks that they can, you know, trade three or four first round picks. If they can find a guy that can be their lead scorer, their playmaker, their um, shot creator to add to a team with Scotty Barnes, Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Um, I think they're, they're the most interesting to me. And I think they're a team that can definitely make a push uh, for a strong and long playoff run in this, in this season. Yeah, you, uh, I don't like, I don't like when there's certain podcasts where you and I just like keep saying the same things and we agree with everything. We're, we're going in that direction. Um, but so I'm, I'm, a, they were number two for me for everything you just said. The, it's funny because for the, in this particular year, like what's the point of the play in tournament? Like if you're just one of those teams that's going to be like eight, nine, or like eight, nine, and 10. Like, is it worth it? Or do you just, do you just go for Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson? You know what I mean? It's funny because the Raptors are getting a lot of shit over the off season for not doing anything. And they, they, they have been for the last couple of years, but now look at our position. You know, there's never been a better time to have draft capital and assets because like we've been saying, like we're going to continue to say during this episode, Teams are going to be getting rid of their superstars. And Brian Brian Windhorst actually said, uh, you know, we're going to be a dark horse in the league come that time of the year because we're really going to be poised to make an offer for just about everyone that's available. And teams are going to listen to our offers because they're going to be the most dense, you know? So it's a great place to be. Um one thing I will say about the Raptors, just watching their preseason games, I know you don't want to take a lot of stock into preseason, but one thing is definitely true, and it's the same thing as last year. They're going to have a really hard time scoring. You know, I, I wholeheartedly agree that they're not going to be the same team come like midseason. There's going to be some changes, uh, but they're going to have a really hard time scoring. Their half-court offense, you know, hasn't really improved much. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, OG Ananobi can take a step, step up and Otto Porter Jr. helps us. Same with Gary Trent Jr. in terms of shot creation and, and three-point generation. But man, it, it is tough watching them in the half-court half set. You know, it still is. And I think that, you know, we definitely got to brace ourselves for some ugly games. But one thing that will definitely keep us in games, as always, Raptors brand will be our defense. The defense looks frightening. Guys look longer. Guys look more athletic. Guys look more in tune with each other from a team defense perspective now that we've played for a year with this core group. Um, so, you know, we're going to be an absolute nightmare. 
Uh, defensively, hopefully that can help us generate some transition offense. But there are going to be nights where we have to rely on the half-court offense and it's going to be trash. So we definitely have to brace ourselves for that. Um, it's also funny because going into this year, I think more than any other year, like hearing guys like Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons just so bullish on the Raptors, I don't like it. Remember going into the Philly season or the, uh, the playoff series where like it's almost like too many people think that we're going to give them a run for their money? Uh, I'm kind of having those vibes going into the regular season. So, yeah, you know, as always, a little nervous. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with what you said in terms of the half-court defense or half-court offense. It's going to be tough. They're going to be a team that looks to run a lot, especially with Scotty Barnes being able to just grab the rebound and um, lead that transition. Uh, but, you know, I think if there's any hope for a decent half-court offense, I think it's dependent on how Pascal um, is able to, you know, knock down that mid-range, that three-point shot, which will open the floor for him a lot. You know, he's, he's, he's improved so much. Um, and especially having that, that adversity uh, from the bubble, uh, being second team, and then having that horrendous um, series against the Celtics. Um, he, he definitely, you know, overcame that, especially against the 76ers. He was definitely our best player in that series. And, you know, that series may or may not change without that Embiid shot. But, you know, the, the Raptors still, even down 3 nothing, still made it. Um, an interesting series. So, you know, I, I think they're prime for for trade of some sort. And I think they're going to have their pick of the litter, especially with like what we're talking about, just this tankathon. So it definitely interesting to see which which teams underperform leading into kind of that trade deadline and then to seeing who's a, who's available and what other teams will be interested in making moves. But yeah, man, Raptors, again, we we have Nick Nurse. You know, that's a, that's an advantage in itself, having, I would say, a top three coach in the NBA, being able to, you know, mix these guys, uh, you know, together, um, you know, different schemes defensively with all these six, eight, seven foot wingspan dudes um, and just the development of some of these guys. I, I think even having like Delano Banton or even Precious Yeshua having another year under their belts, playing under the system, we saw how Precious continue to grow shooting that three um and he he looks more athletic than he does he, he has the last few years as well um those guys coming off the bench uh chris boucher definitely had a bounce like a big year last year um so yeah i, I think this team is just going to be frustrating to watch at, at times but if they're able to just continue playing that defense that you know they're known for i think um it's, it's going to be a fun season for sure yeah absolutely um go raps as always pumped for wednesday you know that donovan mitchell debut yeah be that's great. gonna be fine that's gonna be um, fine yeah moving on so number three for me you know i was gonna say they're not confusing you know i i have a pretty clear idea of where they're gonna end up in the in the regular season um but they're interesting because there's two teams that i don't trust in the nba it's the clippers and the in the sixers and for me this year, I think the most interesting, one of the most interesting teams is the Sixers because they had a, they had a crazy off season. You know, they, they got Montrezl Harold, Daniel house. Uh, they got D'Anthony Melton and PJ Tucker in the off season. Like those are solid, solid pickups. And all they lost was Deandre Jordan, and Danny green. Um, they're going to have a starting five. That's going to look like Tyrese Maxey who broke out against the Raptors in the playoffs, unfortunately. Um, 
if he picks up where he left off, like, man, defensively, they're going to struggle, but offensively, like Maxi, Harden, Harris, Tucker, and Embiid, like that's a nasty, nasty starting five. Um, but they're interesting to me only because, you know, we go into every single regular season wondering if, if this is going to be the year James Harden does it, you know, and he's coming back looking physically better. And there's a lot of hype again around whether or not he can do it. And when you, when you compile James Harden and Doc Rivers, you know, I get really, really nervous because there's one thing that those two guys know how to do, and that's blow leads. So in the regular season, I think that this team is poised to be a juggernaut. And provided they're healthy, I'm, I'm really interested to see how, uh, how they fare against, you know, the, the upper echelon teams in the league. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good pick. Um, their, their offseason was probably one of the best, I, I would say, especially adding P.J. Tucker. I think he just adds that, that different dynamic to, to that team, especially a team that um, has, you know, faltered in, in the, in the postseason. And um, it, I would say it's kind of like having, like, a Serge Ibaka, you know, that guy that is always is going to, like, try to punch your head off if you fuck around with any of their teammates. Mm -hmm. And just having him as that like solid guy that, again, sometimes he's hit or miss from that corner three. So he can be a liability on the offense, but they don't need offense, right? They need some, a guy that can be an enforcer, be a guy that plays great defense. And we saw kind of what he added to that Miami team, especially in their, in their, in their run where they were one game away from the finals and, you know, a potential championship. So um, I think having him, even having uh, Melton on there, and Melton played really well for Memphis last year. He was a big contributor to that team that won, what, 56 games, I think, uh, for that young Memphis team. So being able to add him uh, into that play, uh, into that mix. And then I think with Harden, this, is, this has to be his year, especially where he's not the focal point on offense anymore. You know, he can, that, you just leave that to Embiid, kind of uh, let Maxi kind of play that role too. Just be the contributor that you are. You know, he's he's averaged 10 assists per game for, I believe, the last three seasons. So we, we know that not only is he one of the best ISO score, dynamic scorers in the league, probably ever, you know, a guy that averaged 36 points per game one year, but also being able to um, contribute and um, pass the ball and find guys in the right position. I think if he's able to just kind of be a 20 and 10 guy, that's all you need to ask for him, right? So a guy that plays defense, get you, you know, 20 points on great efficiency and be able to find teammates um, and put them in the right places. I think that's going to be huge for him. So again, there's always a question about Doc Rivers, James Harden in the playoffs, what they're going to be able to do, do in that sense. But I think for a regular season team, they're, they're definitely, the, I think, one of the favorites definitely to come out of the East. Um, I would say they're probably top two for me. I would say, I would still say Milwaukee is my favorite team out of the East. They probably would have won everything if Middleton didn't go down last year. I think Giannis is just such a monster and he's still probably entering his prime still as, you know, defensive player and as a offensive juggernaut. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. I think they're going to have a massive regular season. And well, then it just boils down to how they do in the playoffs. Yeah, well, think about 
think about their depth last year. Their depth last year was it was kind of hideous. Like I can't, I I forget now, but it was like Kurfis Korkmaz. Yeah, Korkmaz. And like, who's that guy? That like chubby guy that lit us up from the three point line. Um, isn't Paul Reed? Um, I know who you're talking about. It was Reed though. Was it and Paul then, Reed? No, he was one of them. And then the other. I forget. Oh, but, uh, I, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck they were relying on. That was their second unit. Yeah, you know what you're, I mean? like, you're talking about, me, yeah, you're talking about Niang, George yeah, Niang, whatever. Yeah, he, he lit us up. Yeah, yeah, no, he you're right. You're right. So, you know, to think that that's who they were relying on for their second unit and seeing how they upgraded, you know, that's a scary, that's a scary team on paper. And the one guy we haven't even talked about because he got exiled last year was Matisse Thibel. Matisse Thibel is on that <laughs> team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like know. He, the... He's literally just been exiled from banished, evaporated. Name doesn't yeah, like... exist anymore. And I think defensively, he's going to come up really big for that team. Yeah. Like what? He's, he's what going to be like their seventh, eighth man. And he's probably one of the most prolific defender in the entire league. And no one um, if, if, if they if they need him a guard if they need a needed him a guard a point guard or a two guard in a series and that's all his that that's all he needs to do then he's going to be a huge huge factor in, in that type of situation so no man they have a lot of nice pieces and they play together for you know the core guys have played together for a few years now like tobias joel um maxi and then having james harden you know play kind of the tail end of last season and having a, you know, full training camp, full preseason with this team. Um, they are definitely one of the the favorites to uh, come out of the East. Yeah, the uh, last thing I want to say about them before we move on to your last pick is the one weak spot that they have to address though. Like think about the East, like Siakam, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Kevin Durant. No one, they got no one that can guard those wings. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna to be tough. Like they're gonna, they're after gonna rely on James Harden, even Ty- like Maxi. Like there, there are definitely holes defensively with the Sixers that they're gonna to have to address, which I think will will surface in the playoffs. Like that's something that we're gonna be talking about like later on in the year if they don't have make any additions. But from yeah. like a regular season win standpoint, you know, I see them being up there. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, so my my third team that I had on here um, as one of the most interesting teams in the league is the Timberwolves. Knew it. I, <laughs> oh, I love that. I, love I, was, that. I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping that, you know, since we had the first two um, as a match that, we, that we'd have a little different in the third team. But I think this team, surprisingly with Chris Finch as their, their head coach, being able to come out of the, the West last year with the 46 and 36 record. They, uh, from like a points per game basis, they were the highest scoring team in the league last year. I think they were like 116 or something out of game, uh, per game. So, um, you know, offensively, they were fire, firing on all cylinders, especially just with, with Kat and Anthony Edwards leading the way, two really young guys, and now being able to add you know, probably the best defensive player in the league, a guy that, you know, I don't know how many he's won, like two or three defensive player of the year awards, adding him with Cat, you know, a guy, a, a, basically a power forward or center that can stretch the floor now and having Gobert in the middle there. I think they were 13th um, uh, in defense last year. 
So having Gobert just, you know, added right into the middle there, uh, playing alongside Ant, uh, DeLiandro Russell, even the addition of like Kyle Anderson is huge. Um, my, my one thing with this team is that they're really thin on the bench. I was looking through the roster, what they have like Nas Reed, Bryn Forbes, Austin Rivers, Jordan McLaughlin. So, you know, very like marginal bench players. And I don't know where shooting's going to come from, to be honest. I know Cat, great shooter for a big man. Uh, Russell, you know, he's, 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 I, I don't know his shooting numbers and his splits, but I don't think he was a great shooter last year. So I'm, especially with two big guys, like kind of the twin towers strategy, I'm not sure how they're going to get their offense from the three point line, but I, I, they're dynamic. They're definitely a dynamic team. Having Anthony Edwards as kind of your cornerstone uh, on offense, Cat kind of being that secondary um, option. Again, he played horrendously last um, last year in the play-in game. Um, and then, yeah, I think just adding Rue is just a high-impact player for the team. I think they're going to be super interesting. Um, potentially a 50-plus win team, uh, especially with how weak the bottom of the West is. And like we, we keep bringing back the same theme here that a lot of those teams will be tanking. So there are going to be a lot of easy, easy wins on some of these nights for the Timberwolves. So I, I think they could potentially be a 50 plus win team, especially um, with kind of how that starting lineup looks like. But yeah, man, super interesting. I, I, I love just the dynamic of having Rudy Gobert with Cat. You know, we're the league where guards are dominant. Guards are, you know, the, the ball handler and kind of the primary focus point of these offenses. And now having Rudy Gobert and Cat, it, it could change things up. It could, you know, definitely um, add a lot of issues to some of these teams that are more primer oriented. Like imagine the Raptors playing against these guys. Raptors having like Scotty Barnes and Siakam as their four and five. That's going to be tough for any team. So just, just nice, just a, a I like that there's a little bit of, you know, discrepancy between how these guys are trying to build their lineups and build their team versus, you know, a team like Golden State where you're going to try to have as many shooters as you can on the perimeter and have someone like Draymond try to, like, defend the paint against these guys. So I think it's just a nice way um, to kind of zig when everyone else is zigging. So, yeah, my third team here is the Timberwolves, and I'm super interested to see how they progress throughout the year and if they add any additional players um, to that bench, which is super thin and it's super cr critical when you need that sixth, seventh, eighth guy to come off the bench in a playoff series. Um, if someone like Cat is struggling or someone like Rudy Gobert gets played off the floor, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Definitely. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give my take on the Timberwolves as well, but like, I was just thinking for a second, you know, if the Spurs are playing the Hornets, like, are you just playing hot potato with the basketball? Like, no one wants to score. Like, what do you, what's going to happen? It's going to, like, I'm actually going to watch these games with the shittiest teams in the league because it's, they're going to, like, they're going to try to lose. Everyone's just trying to lose. Well, yeah. Well, the coach will just play, you know, they're going to play Josh Primo yeah. 35 minutes a game and see how he does. You know, like, that's, that's what's going to happen. They're not, players aren't going to tank, but it's just, the coaches are going to play these young guys oh. unlimited minutes 
see how they develop and see if Victor Wembanyama is going to fit next to yeah. next to these guys in, in, in any sort of uh, circumstance. There's, there's three teams in the West that are going to ruin my sleep uh, for the next six months, and it's going to be Golden State, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves, because I'm actually going to want to watch these games, and it sucks because they're going to start at like 11. Um, yeah, Timberwolves are definitely interesting. I think, you know, the one thing – Raptors fans, we have Nick Nurse, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, okay, well, at least we have Nick Nurse. We know we're going to keep ourselves in games. Minnesota's one of those teams, too. Like, the, Chris Finch is a phenomenal coach, especially from an offensive perspective. Um, so that's something that, you know, definitely bodes in their favor. I think, you know, the risk with, with Minnesota is just kind of just – they're still really young. They got Gobert, that's 30 years old, and he, they got him on contract until, like, I think 2026 which is a long time. It's going to really depend on Anthony Edwards. He's 21 years old right now. And I think the demand is going to be like he matures like a couple years where I think, you know, the rational outlook for the Timberwolves would be like, they're like two years away, but will that, will that be enough time? Like will Gobert still be effective in a couple years? Right. So they kind of have this like win now expectation which makes sense given his age. But I think the true trajectory of this team is probably like they're a couple years away, especially because you just mentioned their, their bench depth. Like it's going to take a couple years to round out that roster. So it's weird. There's like a Jekyll and Hyde with this team where there's this like win now expectation, but there's also like, okay, well we still need Anthony Edwards to like experience the league for a couple more years, but who knows, man, he's so athletic. He's so talented. He might have a breakout year. And if he does, then yeah, like they're going to be in the upper echelon of the West potentially. Yeah, 100%. You're right on that because adding Gobert was kind of, you know, going a bit off kind of the path that they, they, they wanted in terms of development. If they had gone to Gobert like two years ago, that'd be perfect. But yeah, he's a little older. Um, but there's a lot of pressure definitely on Anthony Edwards. Adidas athlete, going to have a signature shoe. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's... He's, he's fun to watch, though. He's so fun to watch. And if he continues to develop um, his shot, his, you know, shot creation, um, and his, like, playmaking, because now he's going to have two guys that can roll to the rim or just pop out to the three. Having Gobert there, you know, if, if he gets double teamed or if there's any help, he has to be able to make that lob. You know, he's, he's not your tradition. He's not a point guard in any sense but he's going to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time. So he needs to be able to kind of play, make, uh, make the right passes, make the right reads, find cat on the, on the open shot, find uh, Gobert on the lob and just be able to, you know, um, accelerate his game. So he's going to be in the, you know, in the hot seat in terms of uh, being able to make the right plays and just take this team to the next level. So I think he has it in him. I think he's such a, you know, charismatic, um, very like witty personality. And I just think that he has the whole package that it's going to work out. It's just, it might take maybe a, a year or two, but I think they're going to be contending this year, um, you know, in the playoffs at least, and then be true contenders if they're able to round out that roster, um, like, like you mentioned. Yeah. And I think one thing we do have to explore is the worst case scenario. Like we, you just said, like they're, they're zagging with the composition of this roster. So the worst case scenario is that if this big man experiment doesn't work out, 
man, considering what they gave up like that. So we just have to, we have to mention that, you know, you know, halfway through the season, it could be, it could be all hell breaking loose in Minnesota too. Now, given the arguments that you just, you know, you just made like the likelihood is hopefully this thing works out. They can win regular season games. It'll be good for the franchise, but it's, you have to remember it's Minnesota. It's one of those franchises. Um, I'm just used to seeing things look worse than seeing good, right? So never know. Yeah, it, they, it, They're one of those teams that if it does go bad, it's going to be really bad. Yeah, they did give up basically like five first-round picks for Bobert. Yeah. And let's not forget about that. So they're kind of in limbo for 10 years at least um, if things don't work out, you know, losing half their picks within the next decade. So... Yeah, let's uh, let's you know they're, they're really hoping that it works out. If they if not, then they're gonna they're gonna be in a bad spot for a long time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Let's let's talk about the teams that confuse us the most. Unless there's someone that you wanted to mention for an interesting team. No, I th- I think I'm we're, we're good on that. All right. It's this is gonna be a pretty quick one because there's really not much to be said about this team on paper. They are deep, deep, deep. But at the same time, I haven't seen their best players play in like three years. You know, it's year four in this particular experiment. The LA Clippers traded everything for Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard about four years ago. It's crazy to think. And here we are still with no championship. And really, I can't remember the last time I saw any of those guys play like a full regular season. They're really confusing to me because they made a major addition over the offseason. They got John Wall, another guy who I haven't seen play in years. You know, if this was three years ago, John Wall, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, I'd be thinking championship right away. Um, On paper, they have an awesome roster, really deep. But there's a huge question mark surrounding the team because no one really knows where any of these guys are at anymore. You know, I think the Clippers are the number one most confusing team for me because I could see it going really well. And if it's going really well, man, if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are playing like I remember they used to play, they're going to be nice, you know, but uh, but I just don't know. I don't know what to say because I haven't seen these guys play in a really long time. And all guys I know is be- that he's big. All I know is Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is big now. <laughs> yeah the, uh, he, he, he's gotten huge he's gotten huge so man this team is this team is nice like from one to like 10 they have like possibly the top like 10 players i have ever seen assembled on a team um and you know to to uh to my to, to be fair with me like last year i watched a lot of clippers game in person even though they weren't great games to watch, um, they were a team that played hard. They didn't have Kawhi, they didn't have Paul George. They were being led by like Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson was the best player on that team for like the majority of the games that I've watched. So having him, I think he'll be, I think it was confirmed that he's gonna be their starting point guard and John Walls coming off the bench. But I I think what their their starting lineup is gonna be Reggie Jackson, PG, is it Luke Kennard going to be starting? Luke Kennard, Kawhi, and then either, is it Zubats? Or would, do you think they would play like Covington 
um, or Marcus Morris at the five, but they have a lot of flexibility. That's the thing. They have a lot of flexibility. They have a lot of guys that can play multiple positions. Um, they're going to have Norman Powell, who is definitely one of the favorites to win sixth man of the year. I think that's going to be huge for him. They have, um, you know, Terrence Mann, who's played well the last few years, um, uh, especially in the playoffs. I forgot about and, Terrence Mann. Sorry? I forgot about him. Yeah, t- yeah, exactly. Like, they, 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 they have even, like, Batum. Like, not, not going to lie, last year, Batum, like, had a few good games when I was watching. Like, he had, like, some 20-point tw- games just making threes. He just um, signed a two-year extension. Yeah, so this team is nice. This team is really nice. Um, even if Kawhi and PG do need some load management, this team is going to stay afloat. They're going to be competitive. They were 42 and 40 yes, uh, last year without a single game of, of, of Kawhi's contribution. And Paul George was missing half the season. Or I don't know, I don't know how many games that he actually played, but um, they're going to be really good, man. Uh, they are a little confusing in terms of you know, how they're going to construct, like uh, how many like starting rosters, uh, different type of starting rosters they're going to have. But I just think they have the the depth to fill in those those gaps when Kawhi and PG um, need a day off or if they're hurt, uh, they're going to be still, a, I think they're going to be a top three um, Western Conference team based off of record. And if they're able to get home court, if they're able to get these guys healthy for the start of the playoffs, um, they are definitely one of my favorite picks as a team to prevail out of the Western Conference. <laughs> You're living in the past, Juan. No, I'm not, living baby. Living in the past. No, okay, man. <laughs> what are their odds? What are their odds, anyways? Who's who's the odds favorites right now? Is it Golden State? Yeah, Golden State. Where do you know where they are? The Clippers are they second or third? Uh, I can tell you right now. But yeah, I just think they're they're super loaded. They got great shooting. They got Similar to the Raptors, they got a lot of guys that can play, you know, the two, three, four defensively. And let's not forget that Kawhi, even with Paul George, you know, with these injuries, they're some of the best defenders in the league. Um, Covington, one of like the most versatile, I would say, players to, you know, play one to five, really. One of the best like perimeter uh, defenders in terms of like block rates and everything too. So having him as an addition from Portland last season was massive. So yeah, I, I really like the Clippers. Um, they are my team in LA. Fuck the Lakers, to be honest. Um, Lakers, so, Lakers gotta, yeah. they gotta make sure they can even get into the plan again. No, they're, oh man, I don't even wanna talk about the Lakers. That's not. We're not, not we're not in this yeah. episode. Not under okay. my watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, you're the host. You you, you lead the conversation. Yeah, let's, let's not do that. Um, no, the Clippers. So the Bucks, Celtics, Warriors, Clippers are all ahead of the. Sorry, the Bucks, Celtics, and Warriors are ahead of the Clippers. I think okay. In one of these episodes, we we should probably talk about the Celtics. I think there's a little bit too much hype right now. I think they. I think it's gonna. I think they're. I don't want to talk. I don't have them in our in our topic of conversation unless they're a confusing team for you. Um, but they they're on all betting. Vegas has them poised as like. 1a or 1b depending on what site you're on you know it's gonna be i don't know i just you know i think they might have overachieved a little last year uh and i think udoka was a lot more important than people think for that team 
from a mature maturity standpoint to help them get through a lot of those experiences. For sure. For sure. I, I think they're still really good. Really I just think there's just I think there's just too many moving parts with them, especially that uh Adoka aspect and having this, you know, assistant come up as the interim uh for the for the year at least. And yeah, I don't I don't want to go too much into depth, but I, I think they're still a really good team. I think obviously adding Brogdon and unfortunately Gallinari getting hurt sucks, but they would if they had Gallinari as like another depth guy, that that'd be super scary. Um, but I think they're still super young. They're coming off um, that playoff run um, with a lot of confidence, and they they've been a team that's been in the Eastern Conference Finals every single year, at least every like year. yeah. So I think they're they're definitely still a team that um, can can contend. And I I I think wherever Vegas has them, I think that's that's right. But um, okay, so for me, uh, my most confusing team. Top of the list, the Atlanta Hawks, a team that went 43 and 39 last year, one of the worst defensive teams in the league, um, especially coming off a season where they, like the previous season where they had um, been the 76ers in the second round, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, a lot of hype around this team, a lot of hype around Trey Young and what he's able to do, you know, you can drop 30 and 10 any on any given night. And they went out, not sure if this was a panic move, but they were obviously, this is one of the biggest moves um, in the, um, you know, early start of the, the off season where they traded three first round picks um, and Danilo Gallinari for DeJounte Murray. Um, DeJounte Murray is a great player. You know, he's, he's played in that San Antonio offense. He was an all-star last year, um, even though it was one of those substitution all-stars. Still an all-star, a guy that, you know, um, was a all-NBA defender as well. Uh, but he did have, um, he was hurt, what, like two years ago? So he's kind of getting back into the groove of things. Um, they, they lost Kevin Herter, lost DeLon Wright. Um, so their team is solid. They have a good starting like five, six. If you think of Trey Young, um, having DeJounte Murray kind of be that secondary ball handler that, you know, that defensive, um, Venice, uh, on the perimeter and then having John Collins, a guy that again, not sure how well he fits with this team, especially, um, his, his jumper isn't, you know, great. And he's been on the trading block for a while now. They have Bogdanovich. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter, who's definitely developed into the player that they hoped he has, and Clint Capella, who had a strong year in the past, and I think he, he you know, he struggled a bit last year. I just don't know if that move for DeJounte Murray and mortgaging your future uh, picks was the right move, especially at this time and point, um, knowing how stacked the East is. Are they even going to be a top eight team? Like they'll probably be a play-in team, like they, like they were last year. They were a play-in team, um, and they were the underdogs against the the Cavs, who had lost. Um, was it uh, Mobley was playing, but uh, uh, Jared Allen was hurt for one or one or two of those games. So, yeah, they they obviously they they beat them and they got killed by the Miami Heat. So, I just don't know how much how more improved they're going to be with Dejounte Murray, especially giving up their future there. 
I think they'll be a good team, but I think the East is just too stacked at the moment. Like, are they better than the Bulls? Are they better than the Cavs? Like, I don't think they're better than the Raptors. So um, I just think the, the East has got a lot stronger. And sure, Atlanta added an, a, like a marginal all-star or yeah, marginal all-star player, but I don't think he just moves the needle as much as you want, especially for that package that you're giving up. So I think, you know, they're a good team. They might be a play-in team. They could maybe crack the top, you know, five, six. But um, they're just kind of confusing to me because I feel like this move was kind of timed poorly from their front office, especially with, you know, what could have been available, especially in this whole, like, tankathon. They could have maybe picked up a player in the middle of the season that didn't, you know, or a player, a player that was better than uh, DeJounte Murray for basically the next three first round picks that they have. So they're a little confusing to me because I feel like they're kind of stuck in the middle, but they gave away everything, right? So yeah, I think that's why they're confusing. I think that De- DeJounte Murray trade may, you know, turn out terribly. It, it could work. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to work, but I just don't think that he's a dynamic enough player um, that's going to be able to move the needle for them to be a top four team in the East. Yeah. If they, if they can, if they can sort of resemble any form of like that seven seconds or less Phoenix suns type of vibe. Um, I think, you know, I'm pretty high on Trey young. I think he's obviously everyone knows that he's an extremely potent offensive player, almost a generational offensive player in certain ways. I love mm-hmm. watching him play. Uh, from a match, from a maturity standpoint, I, I've seen a little bit of growth from him year after year, especially since that Western Con- or Eastern Conference uh, playoff push that they made a couple years ago. You know, best case scenario though, like they're just gonna run the shit out of the basketball. Like I, I really like their front court with John Collins, Capella, and Okongwu. That's another guy we haven't mentioned that mm-hmm. you know could have a breakout year. He, um, you know, defensively they're gonna struggle like they do every year. But they're going to be really potent offensively, especially if this Trey Young, um, DeJounte Murray thing works, because then they'll take a lot of usage away from Trey Young, which might be a good thing, because their Achilles heel has kind of been his usage in that like James Harden esque um, ball dominance that that he shows year after year. So yeah, I mean, best I, I'm hoping it works out because I think they'd be a really fun team to watch. Yeah, I I hope so too. I just don't, it's just kind of with, when you consider all things uh, right now, it's just, did you really just trade away three first round picks so that you could be, you know, the eighth seed? Well, that's the thing, right? Because you got Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston, then you got Cleveland, Toronto. People think they're going to duke it out for that fourth or fifth spot, right? Mm -hmm. So what? Yeah, exactly. Are you going to be six, seven, or eight? Best case scenario for Atlanta, are you six? Yeah, exactly. That's like but then you got Miami. I can think but of. What about Miami? Right. What about so, the Bulls? What, yeah. yeah like, Next thing you know, you're in the play-in. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. You're playing, and if you, yeah, you just have two bad games, you're it's done, right? And then what are you looking forward to? You don't have your picks to improve your team. Kind of stuck with this team. Um, you're only getting a pick every other year because what they're giving away their 23rd, 25th, 27th pick. So yeah, I don't know. The only thing too is like defensively, I don't see anything really in their favor. 
So that's why I think they're probably going to like seep towards the bottom of the East uh, where you look at a team like Miami who could be rock solid if they're, if their defense, if their offense isn't clicking. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. They, they're, they're that team that can't just um, a week. Yeah, no, they don't have that defensive um, background or just that DNA. Like most of the top teams do, you know, like heat, the Celtics, the bucks, Raptors, those team have those teams consistently for the past what five years have always depended on their defense and you know that they've gotten better as a progressor offense but um I, I just don't put the hawks in the same breath as the Cavs, the raptors the nets right i think they're they're tier three maybe yeah. uh, battling it out against like new york and whoever else is is kind of um in that middle tier of the of the east there absolutely um yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Definitely, definitely uh, going to be interesting to see how they pan out. Because yeah, they did give a lot. And then you look at San Antonio, and when that when that move happened, it was like, what are they doing? You know, giving up Dejounte De, Murray. For, but look, man, they knew Victor Wembanyama was coming. Smart, smart. That's exactly no, I love what it is. Man, they're just they're, they're it's perfect. I, I, he's got to be a oh man, if he's a spur and they they just kind of revamp and make make this team like cut solid for the next 20 years it's gonna be like you know just that tim duncan saga all over again but um how, how much more how many more do you have any more confusing teams or do you want to get kind of yeah i want to get going like i want to get moving because yeah Tom, we got some football to watch but uh, <laughs> yeah you're but, right. yeah i just want to quickly mention the dallas mavericks you know i think this is going to be an mvp season for luka Doncic, but they got so many question marks surrounding their team. Like that Jalen, Brun- I think that Jalen Brunson uh, exit is going to haunt them. You know, they offered him or he was down to re-sign with that team mid-season and they didn't, they didn't go through with it. I think he was a, a like an important complimentary piece to Luca, um, especially like we were just talking about that usage rate with Atlanta, you know, that's, that's a critical part of the Dallas Mavericks too, because what happens by the time playoffs comes around, there's been so much high usage with Doncic that fatigue sets in. Right. And like right now they got Christian Wood coming off the bench. Like that's got to change. You know, JaVale McGee cannot be their starter. They got to get Christian Wood. I think he's poised to have a crazy year this year, but it's all those ancillary pieces that they still don't have like that depth that I think is really going to hurt them. Um, from taking that next step and going deep into the playoffs. So I had, I had them as my second most confusing team as well. So I'm not sure how much you want to talk about them, but they did lose Jalen Brunson. And I think he was such an impactful player, especially when you look at the, the series against the jazz, when Luca was out, what the first, like two, three games and he kept them, you know, a made him a hundred bucks. Yeah. And this, this team won what fifth, 52 games last year with a roster of just Luca and you know some supporting guys like they didn't have Tim Hardaway for the majority of last year right mm-hmm. he got like halfway hurt halfway through the season um they're depending on you know like Kleba and Reggie Bullock guys that kind of have you know like especially Reggie Bullock he's been like bounced around the league quite a bit Dorian Finney-Smith like guys that they've drafted and kind of um, developed throughout and then adding like Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie. I, I know we had a lot of crow last year for calling that trade out and he was a huge for them as the 
secondary ball handler, right? Um, a guy that came off the bench and was able to kind of give them 15, 20 points a game. Um, I just think it's another wasted year for, for Luca, to be honest. They had a, you know, obviously they made it to the Western Conference Finals. They shocked the Suns at home in that blowout game. But when you think about the West, the Clippers, you know, they were in a down year with all the injuries. The Nuggets, um, a down year with all those injuries as well. And now you got the Pelicans, the Wolves, all improving significantly. Um, Grizzlies probably going to be better. The Suns are going to be, you know, probably not as good as last year, but they're still a really, really good team. And, you know, the only team that was probably in the top eight that's, you know, probably out of the picture now is the Jazz, obviously. But I think the Mavs really overachieved last year. I, I wouldn't have pegged them as a conference finals team. Uh, and I don't, I especially don't think they're going to be a conference finals team this year. I think they could even be, you know, worst case scenario, a team that gets bounced in the first round because they're matched up against the Wolves or against the Nuggets or the Warriors or the Grizzlies, you know, like there's just too many good teams in the West now and they don't have that secondary star next to Luca that can make a difference. You know, he's such a good player that it feels like, you know, LeBron and the Cavs in the, you know, late 2000s where you just, they couldn't put anyone around him. They couldn't put anyone to, like around him to really get them to the next level, um, especially in the stack conference. Um, they could win a lot of games in the regular season just because of all the crap teams in the West, the teams that are going to be looking to tank. Uh, but I just don't think they're going to be able to make uh, impact or make too much noise in the playoffs um, unless, you know, some of these teams get hurt by injuries and they kind of take advantage of it. But yeah, um, I think this is just another wasted year of Luca if they don't make a substantial move for a secondary star um, in, in the in the middle of the season. So yeah, let's just see how it goes. But losing Jalen Brunton is like losing like Fred Van Vliet. You know, what, like that's, that's the, he, I, I, I say he's like that type of player where you don't get as much recognition because, you know, fan bases around the league don't watch you play enough. But I think he has the same impact as Freddie. Freddie is a guy that changes the game regardless if he scores 20 or if he scores 10. You know, he's, he's, he's gonna make the right play He's, you know, that, that kind of, that, that leader on the, on the floor, the guy that kind of commands the, and runs the show. And I think losing Jalen Brunson, a guy that, you know, was able to take a lot of load off of Luca um, and not having him around, I think just, you know, definitely downgrades the team. And I think Christian Wood having the addition of Christian Woods and Jevin McGee isn't going to be able to um, make up for that. So they are a team that I, I, not sure if they're going to win 52 games, but I just don't think they're going to go far, especially with how the roster is constructed at the moment. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Going to be very LeBron-esque, Cleveland yeah. Cavalier LeBron-esque. Um, all right, so I was going to go through all 32, all 30 whatever teams and just say what their, what their um, over-under odds are for regular season wins. And then maybe just give a sentence as to why you think it's going to be over or under, but that could take a long time. So should we just jump into awards? Yeah, let's do awards. Let's do awards. I, I, right. I think awards a little better. We can just go a little more in depth than that instead of just yeah. going through all 32 again, teams. Maybe just, teams. Say, maybe just say your pick and then a couple sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, rookie of the year. Why don't you start rookie of the year? 
Rookie of the year. So um, pretty good draft class. Obviously, like Paolo Bencaro as a first pick. Um, I've got money on mine. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards two picks right now. I think it's either Keegan Murray, who's shown a lot in summer league in the preseason. Um, and he's going to get, you know, I think the Kings are going to be better. And I think he's going to be able to get good minutes uh, with that team. So he's probably my number one pick. Um, I'm not sure what his odds are, but I know he's not the favorite, but I'm sure he's like top two or top three or four. Uh, second one is uh, Montreal's very own Benedict Matherin, a guy that's going to be playing for the Pacers. He's looked like the best rookie so far um, in summer league and preseason. He's dropping like 25 a game on like 20 points or 20 minutes a game. Like he's, he's scoring at will getting the bucket. I know he's getting like 10 free throws a game in the last few few games that he's played in. Um, I think he's a dynamic, dynamic player, dynamic scorer. And he's gonna be playing next to Halliburton, who's a guy, a guy guys that a guy that's gonna look for Matherin to score and kind of be the contributor or the uh yeah, distributor. And I think I'm looking right now, he's at plus eight hundred to win rookie of the year. I think that's a really good bet. Uh, Keegan Murray at plus 460. Um, I like those two guys. Uh, obviously, Ben Carroll's a favorite, I think, just with like um, the number of shots he's going to get. That young Orlando team, they're going to look for him to be that centerpiece. So um, obviously, he's a favorite, but I, I like Keegan Murray and Benedict Matherin as my two picks. I'll go, I'll go with um, Keegan Murray as the rookie of the year, but I like, I like Matherin too. Yeah, I put 40 bucks on Benedict Matherin. <laughs> So nice. I'll be nice. getting, I'll get, I'll be, I'll be getting 320 bucks back. Um, <laughs> well, especially again, he just looms over this episode, Victor Wembanyama, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to get rid of Miles Turner. They're going to get rid of Buddy Heald at some point in the season. Yep. You're going to yep. have all this opportunity for Benedict to just shine from an offensive standpoint, averaging 19 points in summer league. The guy is just a bona fide scorer. And, you know, I think with, with Indiana's agenda, Playing beside, um, playing beside, uh, you just said his name, point guard, uh, Halliburton. It's just going to be buckets all day for this guy. And I think that he's going to be able to showcase his, his talent. And I expect him to be rookie of the year. Next That's award. I like that bet. Next award, most improved. I got Tyrese Maxey for this one. And pretty much because I witnessed this guy just light up the Raptors in the playoffs. And there's nothing more crucial than playoff experience and him being able to do what he did in the playoffs at the, at the biggest stage. I just think that um, it's going to bode well for his confidence. And I think that Philly's going to really um, use him and look for him or look to him for their regular season success. I think he's going to be crucial. I think he's going to have a breakout year and that's why I think he's going to be uh, most improved. My runner up was Anthony Edwards. Maxi is such an interesting player. Like, cause we got to watch him like firsthand, um, in that series. And he was definitely the X factor in that series. If he wasn't in the series or if he didn't play as well as he did, I don't think the Sixers win in four, two, you know, like, I think it's he's much closer series. He was, he, un- he was like, he was so quick. He was a blur. Um, and I, I hadn't seen, I didn't watch too much of him, um, during the regular season, but he was super impressive. So that's a great pick. Um, here I have, I have Anthony Edwards, I think just with obviously having there's that like addition of Gobert 
I'm thinking they're going to win five, six more games. Um, Edwards is going to have more of an offensive load, and I think he's going to improve like statistically across the board. Um, I, I think he's going to be a good defender as well. I think there's going to be an emphasis with that team on defense, knowing that they can score um, with the with the best in the league. So I think I think he is favorites, but even like it's weird because there's not like a, obviously like a favorite favorite in this category. I think Andy Edwards um, is in here. Jalen Brunson, Zion Williamson, even RJ Barrett um, are like top guys in this category. So I think Andy Edwards. I think just with his improvement from year two to year three, uh, you know, overall improvement from a team wise, team record wise, I think that's going to help him um, in the narrative there. So I'll go with Anthony Edwards. Beauty. Love it. Okay. Next award. What do I have here? Six man. I think you and I have the same one here. Norm the storm. Oh, I have Norm. I have Norman as well. I have yeah. Norm as I think, well. I think the Clippers, I think the Clippers are going to really need his, he goes his uh, like his downhill speed. You know, he can just get to the basket. He can be so aggressive uh, defensively. He can lock up. You know, at, given any given night, maybe the best player on the floor. Um, he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be crucial for them, especially if they're load managing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, he's gonna assume a lot of responsibility for that team. And I've seen it before. Has he? Has he? What what awards has he won in the past? I don't think he's won. He's been a runner-up for six man. He's, he's he's had he's had votes as six man, especially yeah. with the Raptors at least. Um, yeah. We we know like he's 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 a perfect six man for this team because he's he's become such a good three point shooter. Um, I think he's like in the high thirties, right, as a three point shooter. Um, again, he's a guy that slashes and gets to the bucket at will. He's still really athletic. He's gonna dunk on you. Um, and yeah, there's no pressure on him. He's going to come off the bench. I think like when you think of like Jordan Poole and Hero and maybe like Christian Wood, obviously this this award has always uh, favored guys that can score. Probably it's, it's probably going to come down to who scores the most points. And if it's close in that sense, then it, who has a better record? So I think... Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought criteria, I was going to say wins. It's usually a team that's, that's come, like a team that's, you know, top three. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I just, I think Christian Wood, for the reasons we talk about, I don't think Dallas is going to be there. Right now they got him off the bench. I don't think he will be six-man candidate. I think I think he's going to end up starting. He could. He could. I know he he defensively isn't the greatest, so I know the Mavs were pro- are probably going to pry themselves in that defensive um, scheme of things. And then having Christian Wood come off the bench and score, what, 17, 18 points a game is probably what they're looking for. But I do like Norm. This is gonna be great. Can't wait to watch him live. One of my favorite Raptors of all time. Um, yeah, Norm, baby, let's go get six men of the year. Take it home. He's back home in LA. I think it's the, the perfect season for him to uh, get his first major award as a as a young player. Yeah, man, defensive player of the year. I just want to shed light on here. Like, I'll start this one off. I think there's a lot of value here for betting. A ton of value. Ooh, hey, I. As- uh, I think I know where you're going with this as well, but yeah, let, let yeah. me know what let me let me know what you're saying here. So I think I think Giannis is going to win. Yeah, and me too. I think too. I think the Milwaukee Bucks have a bad taste in their mouth. You know, I don't think Boston should necessarily beat them. I think Giannis has been working in the off season, as he always does. He gets better every year. I think defensively, he's going to be psychotic. 
And so at, at plus 1000 odds, I would make, I'm probably going to make that bet at some point. That's money. That's money. Runner, runner up though, a guy that we probably shouldn't sleep on, but he's just on a team that is from La La Land of all places. I don't like talking about them very much. I don't necessarily like watching them play, but man, we do sleep on Anthony Davis and he's, he's probably my runner up because if he's healthy, you know, you can't deny that defensively he's special and offensively he's special. And I'm actually really looking forward to watching him play this season. Hope he can just play the entire season. Cause I don't want him to, you know, linger. I don't want these injuries to just linger. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus 2000 odds for Anthony Davis. That's which pretty is good. It's a good That's Hail Mary. Good. It's a good Hail Mary. Yeah, it's just health with him. It's really just health with him. If he's able to, he's 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 up there for sure. But Giannis is my pick too. I think Giannis is gonna go off. I think he's again, I, I don't want to go get ahead of myself, but I think he's gonna win the lottery <laughs> a few awards this this season, uh, to be honest. Yeah, you think he's gonna clean up? I think so. I yeah, think so. I think so too. I I think I think Milwaukee Milwaukee's situation it's not identical, but it reminds me of the Spurs when they lost to the Heat in Game Six, and they shouldn't have. You know, like Milwaukee shouldn't have lost to Boston. The Middleton injury is kind of like that dagger that Ray Allen hit in the at the buzzer, where they're going to come back this season quietly but with a vengeance, and I think they're going to be a really tough team to beat. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah. That's so obviously MVP is the next award coach of the year. Um, let's do coach of the year before MVP. Um, sure. You know, if, if things it's weird, because if things work out really well, then I would say Ty Lue. Yeah. If things work out really well. Yep. Um, but if the Raptors are able to get about 10 more wins than they did last year, make it, make a change in the off season and really become that become a team in the East. Um, I could see it being Nick nurse. I think it could be another former Raptor coach, Chris Finch. Um, he's 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 primed for a really good big record um, increase, um, especially again with with the Colbert edition. Um, and yeah, I, I think Chris Finch, Chris Finch or Ty Lue, those are those are my two picks. I think Ty Lue, I think he's getting a lot of hype as as a head coach, and I think deliver like deservingly so especially with how he was able to um, take that ridiculously trash Clippers team to be a competitive team all season long. Um, Really, really fun to watch. And yeah, I think it's, it's, I think he's probably the front runner for me um, just because of how stacked that team is. But I I like Chris Bench as as the second option there. Most valuable player. What would it take for Luka Doncic to get it again? Just as a preface, what do you think it would take? It would. I think it would take a championship, even though it's a regular season award. You you think? Well, it obviously depends on their record. If they're a top three team and he has like outrageous stats, and he's like propelling them into like, you know, it's just these like ridiculous like ridiculous victories. Like I I think. It could be. I think he's he's a favorite right now, right? So he's at five hundred. Uh, he's like fifth. He's like fifth. Oh, is he? Yeah. As regular season MVP. Yeah, we got uh, Doncic and beat uh, Giannis and Durant in front of him. Oh, sorry. Were you talking about? Who were you talking about? Sorry. I who thought, did I say? 
I thought I, I heard Doncic, unless sorry, I meant Jokic. Jokic. I oh, Jokic. Jokic. Sorry, I meant Jokic. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. Jokic is not going to win whatsoever. That, that's that's, that's lost money. That, oh, uh, they yeah, have yeah. to. They would. They would have to be last year's sons, and they would have to have like they would have to win ten more games than everyone else. Um, just even if he has the same stat line, I just I I don't think no way these voters are going to pick Jokic especially with Embiid crying last year as well. Probably a ramped up Giannis playing at a super high level. Um, sorry, yeah, that was my bad. I thought you said Doncic, but yeah, I Jokic. Jokic, um, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's burnt money. You're not, you're not winning that unless, unless Jamal Murray and uh, MPJ just oh, come, back 100, 100, come back 100% and they win 65 games and everyone else is at like high 50s. Then, but honestly, it, Jokic is so good, man. I'm not gonna, not gonna downplay his his like. It's just I think it's just the uh, voters' fatigue that no way he's gonna win. Um, I think but, there's a, I think there's a scenario where like the podcasts and the media and like us talking, where we're gonna be like it should be Jokic, but mm-hmm. it's going to this person. Like I yeah. I think I think we're gonna run into that situation. Yeah, it's it's 100%. like um it's like Nash. Nash. And when Dirk won that year, Nash had better, better um, stats and a better team. Like, yeah, he had similar stats to the previous two awards that he won. Um, and he probably should have won that third one. But no way he was going to win that one, right? So, um, yeah, I don't think Jokic, no way in hell he's going to win um, another MVP just based off of um, the, the situation. But he could be a better player. His team could be better, but... Um, he would have to be like godly and this team would have to win a, a ridiculous amount of games for him to even be in consideration, I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, after now that we're wrapping up this pod and like I'm going to mention, you, there's so many teams, we have to do another pod because there's so many teams we have to talk about still. Like we have to talk about the Nets. We have to talk about the Cavs. We have to mm-hmm. talk about the Lakers. Like yeah. the, the, we haven't even mentioned the nugget or the Grizzlies haven't mentioned the nuggets. Like no. there's so many teams that we have to talk about. It's getting me excited for the season um, yeah. because all those teams are interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, they're, they're all contenders, man. There's so yeah, many, there's, there's 10 teams that can win the NBA championship to be, to be honest right now. Yeah. So we, got, we definitely have to schedule another, another podcast, but yeah, let's talk about the MVP. I don't think I don't think the Mavericks will be good enough for Doncic to win it. I think he's going to be playing at an MVP level. He's leading the odds right now at yeah. plus five hundred. Um, Embiid, health, I could definitely be see him being a runner up. My my MVP, you know, I want to take Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay, and the reason why because if cool. things work out well, I think he's going to be on a vengeance tour. There's been a lot of dirt thrown on his name over the, like over the last couple of years. He's mm-hmm. such a talented basketball player. I think we need to remember how good that guy is. And in a perfect season, which I'm hoping it is, he's going to remind people how good he is. And uh, the Brooklyn Nets have a really good team on paper. They're not like you should. People should not think that they're light. You know, they they got a solid roster. And if they're clicking, they're going to be scary. So I got Kevin Durant. Honestly, they are scary. There's just so many variables with that team, but they're scary. Yeah, like but they're the most volatile team. They're like a Tesla stock. Like they're like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like they're the most volatile stock in the NBA. 
They are, they are, and they, they could implode or yeah, they can't, they, or they could, yeah, be the best team in the NBA. If Kyrie Ben Simmons Irving at three yeah. in the morning sends out a tweet, stock price goes in half. <laughs> like you just don't know with this team. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they have a, they have a really good team, bro. Like they got Seth Curry, they got Patty Mills, they got Joe Harris. Joe Harris is back now. He's, he missed most of last year. They got Royce O'Neal. Um, even Cam Thomas is a second year sophomore now. They got Marquise Morris. Like, bro, this team who's is stacked. Who's the guy that used to light it up for the Pacers in the bubble? Oh, yeah, TJ Warren. Warren. Yeah, TJ Warren was here all last year and he's he's back. Like, he's another great bench addition. Like, they're good. They're using they're good. a lot in preseason. He looks a lot better. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He's good, a great good, just good, 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 good. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. The super interesting team too. That they they probably have the best roster on paper alongside the 76ers in the East. Um, but yeah, there's just too many variables. You don't know what the hell is gonna happen with Ben Simmons. You don't know what's gonna happen with Kyrie. Is KD gonna could you yeah. imagine a Clippers Nets finals? Like those the two teams that really no one knows about. It could it, uh, honestly it could happen, or they could just flame out. They could flame out sometime during the season because one of these dudes decide that, you know, something is more important than basketball or they're hurt or whatever. You know, there's just too many variables with these teams and you, you can never tell. So that's why usually you go with like the safe pick. You go with the honest of the bucks because you know he's going to play 100% the entire time. He's not going to have any like, you know, off-court issues. Um, so, yeah, but they could also just play super well and they could, you know, the, their top three players kind of blend together very, very well, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to kind of keep progress and track of this. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited. Pick? Who's your pick? My pick for MVP? Yeah. Giannis. Giannis. I think Giannis. I think he's going to sweep MVP defensive player of the year. I think he's going to go off. I hope so. Yeah. Okay, it was quick while... What what are your predictions? Give me your finals prediction right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you the same. Um, Give me your finals prediction, well, just, just so we can have that, it on paper. That, that Clippers Nets thing I just said actually <laughs> that sounds me. good. <laughs> um, I I think my finals prediction, the finals prediction is going to be uh, Golden State, nice, and the Bucks. That's what I thought it would be last year. Didn't happen. Yeah. Golden State think, in the Bucks. That's I what think I'm last year mine was and was it the Nets in Golden State? I think that was my prediction last year. Um I'm gonna go off board here. I'm gonna do 76ers and I'm going to go with the Nuggets. Yeah. I like the Nuggets. Sweet. I like Jamal. I like I like their team. I like how their team's rounding out. But again, we, we, we both could be totally off, but these are just teams that I like watching. And I think um, the, the, the league is so stacked now, so top heavy, it's crazy. There's going to be so much crazy. Movement. There's going to be so much movement this season. Yeah. In the Wembley, you have a sweepstakes? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. So many, so many unpredictable moving parts that, yeah, it, it just makes the NBA season so much more interesting. If it doesn't work out for the Nets by midway, Nash is fired. Oh, and, yeah. 100%. And it's a yard sale. 
KD, come come to Toronto. Yeah, if Kyrie think. goes to LA. The the Lakers are willing to give up their first round pick. They said, yeah, all that stuff, man. It's it's gonna be crazy. I think I think Brooklyn's the one team that execs are probably praying it fails. Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> all eyes are on them. They're so volatile. Everyone knows they don't have chemistry. Um, <laughs> so it's like as soon as that thing as soon as that thing flames out, there's a lot of value shooters everything if they get they could get rid of it all yeah they have they have a lot of tractable dudes yeah no homo but yeah all right man should we call it uh should we call it should we call it a pod yeah that was honestly that was that was that was great that was fun just yeah. to kind of get back into the groove of things let's uh let's keep around the first couple well the first week we'll watch some games then why don't we connect next weekend um you'll put something together but looking forward to week one yeah let's uh yeah let's get back together some you know same time maybe next week let me know your schedule and then we'll we'll, we'll make something work let's try to keep it like once a week yeah for, for the time being yes cool. sir all right bro you're just gonna watch some football for hey, the rest of the day and hang bets. out left our bets ready to go just gonna hang out for the first for the one o'clock at least yeah yeah i'll yeah, probably yeah. move around cool same here all right, man. Have a great day. Good talking to you. Yeah, you too. All right. See you, brother. Good job.